Yes, welcome to the NBA panel. I'm your host, John Weatherstone. Today I'm joined by 76ers writer, Austin Crowell. Austin, what's going on? Not much. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time. The Sixers are coming off of a kind of a whirlwind season <laughs> with the um, Ben Simmons thing. I mean, they got James Harden, made a good run, but fell, fell short again in the playoffs. But they made some great all-season moves so far. What do you think about them so far? Yeah, everything that they've done, I think, makes them a better team. They got tougher. Uh, they added somebody with, uh, you know, experience in, in a, cha- a championship. Um, you know, a, a guy that can that can, that can hit corner threes and PJ Tucker, but also, you know, dabble in some small ball fives um, and really be the connective tissue that you need in, in a complementary role player. Um, and I mean, you know. Uh, Daniel House is another really good pickup. Um, underrated yeah. shooter, um, played well with James Harden. Um, I think he's easily, you know, an 18 to 23 game guy. Um, really fills out wide in transition, knows how to run the break, um, and you know, be the recipient of, of, of passes and figure on two two on ones. Um, and, and he's an incredible defender. Um, they simply didn't have good enough players last year. And they are much deeper and have just competent players now. Definitely, definitely. Um, so how's your time been covering the Sixers? <laughs> uh, it's crazy, you know. It's 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 always a trip. Um, you know, you're uh, you're always wondering what's going to come next. I mean, right. uh, James Harden is, is known for being mercurial. Um, I haven't experienced that necessarily with him yet. Um, but there's a lot of interesting personalities. Um, a lot, there's a lot of, I think, positive reinforcement with that team. Um, and, you know, the, the, they certainly make for an interesting team to cover. Um, and it also helps that they, that they find uh, incredible ways to win games and then they also right. to, you know, lose games. Uh, and it, it's, 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 it's always something new. Um, and it's definitely a, a fun atmosphere in that building. I bet it is. I was, I was able to cover a couple practices and a couple games, trying to get frozen credentials eventually, but it's a process. Um, so you're also familiar with um, the painted line, so you know Jason, Jason, Bev, Jason Blevins very well. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was on the panel previously. He's, I love um, – we're, 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 we're cool with each other. He's a very cool, very knowledgeable person. Yeah, no, he's definitely a uh, – he, he's, a, he's a great guy, very wise individual. I definitely – Go yes. for advice and whatnot. Definitely. Um, tell us about your um your show hosting Feed and Beat. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. You know uh, that was sort of how I got started in this business. Um. I was in I were I was in college radio for uh, two years. Um, right. And I I love I love talking about basketball. And I was I just kind of thought one day like, hey, wouldn't it be a cool idea to like pass some time. Right. talking about basketball um, on a recording device. And so I started recording myself talking about the Sixers, but without, like, anywhere to post it. And right. then that kind of blossomed me having a podcast. And then that kind of became my entrance into the media world. And then um, I, was always a, I was always a much better writer than I was, right. uh, I guess, a personality on, on, on the radio or on a podcast, okay. if you will. And so... Okay. I had the opportunity, and the doorway opened. It was kind of like this is my, this is what I do. Writing is right. definitely more of my niche, and uh, 
you know, and that, that's really what I do more more now than than than, than uh, I guess the, the verbal side, if you will. Yeah, hosting. I love hosting. I love meeting new guests and networking and talking about NBA because everyone has a different background. But we all had a, all had the same love for the NBA and basketball, so it's always always a fit. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. for sure, for sure. You know, there's never too much. There's never uh, too many people in podcasting. Definitely, definitely. Um, so you went to Villanova, correct? That's correct. So you did um, video for Villanova. Um, yeah, I did radio at Villanova. I was a director. I was the co-director of sports uh, and the, you know, those broadcasts uh, for Villanova student radio. Right. I, did, I did cover a couple of Villanova basketball games um, my senior year there, um, and that was certainly a cool experience. Um, right. Then I probably I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. Uh, as equipped in the, and as adept, right. as I think that the, the process of covering a team as I am now, right. um, that was kind of my first taste of the business, uh, congregating in a press room and you know sitting down for for uh, for, for press conferences and right. these big uh, these big star faces and people who I know uh, or I, I, you know, I, I I've seen around. Come to yeah. the podium and you know, they're, they're they're talking and you can ask them questions. Um, and definitely, it's, it's surreal the first time you do it, um, and then you get more used to it as time goes on. And that was um, that was kind of like my first taste of it, and it was certainly something I wanted more of. Definitely, experience is the best teacher. I was going to say we might have seen each, we might have seen each other previously because I've been I was able to cover um, Coach Wright's last few seasons. I covered Villanova basketball also. And we probably seen each other, didn't even know it. I'm sure we have. So, <laughs> it's I, I crazy. Covered, I, I probably covered in 2018-19. That was my last time covering college. Okay. Um, and so maybe you've done it more recently than I have. But yeah, I mean, I was just, I was a young pup. Uh, you know, I, I I walked around in a suit while everyone else was like casually in jeans. And right. Whatnot. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, gate, a gateway into um, what being a beat writer is like, you know, right. most people don't show up in suits. They show up in comfortable right. uh, jeans and, 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 you know, casual button-down shirts or sweatshirts or whatever. Um, right. It's a very laid-back environment. You're there to, you know, get the quotes that you need, ask the questions that fans want to know, and right. write stories and be as honest and as fair as you can. Um, and that was kind of like my, my element, I guess. Okay. Definitely. Um, James Harden took a lot of flack recently before he got to the Sixers for the way he forced us to be out of Houston and then with the Nets. But well, he's found a great home with um with the Sixers. He said he wanted to go to recently, but it didn't work out. And he's helping the Sixers now with his new contract. Um, for you, what does it say about Harden? Because new actions speak. People can say anything, but their actions speak louder than their words. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think people on social media will – Will, will lean towards the uh, the positive side, like, you know, the younger generation, which is more so on social media, especially Twitter, where right. basketball commentary is very prevalent. They're gonna they're gonna take that and run with it. And you know, I, I commend James for taking you know a discount for this season. Um, so that way the Sixers could add Tucker and get better um, right. at the roster. But you know, he's turning all about winning, and that's that's nice to hear and nice for him to say, but ultimately, you know, he can't, you know, there can't be any more, um, 
can't say that and then have uninspiring you know, show efforts in, in, in big playoff games. That isn't that, right. that doesn't mean that, you know, I mean if he if he shoots six for twenty four, then that's just that's just what it is. Like, you know, like but you some games you miss shots. But right. you can't go down quietly with a bunch of turnovers and you know, not taking any shots and looking completely unable to to to, to run a team, which is how he looked in the last um yeah. And you know, he says he's in shape. Um it's 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 good to hear. Uh, you have to see it to believe it. And I think, you know, people 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 will say, Well, you know, like Philadelphia, that's that's that and right. it's honest, like I'll I'll, I'll I'll be happy to give him the credit if he shows up and he has he has a, a he has you know, he's abided by his words. Right. Yeah, one player that has stepped up, especially last season, is Tyrese Maxi. Um, we saw he all the emotion he had last season. Whenever losing, he had a hardened face. I mean, he left all on the score. His evolution is really helping the Sixers right now. And how do you see him playing out along with P.J. Tucker? You know, as you said earlier, P.J. Tucker got that corner three. So, you know, Tyrese flashes, there's, there's P.J. Tucker right in the middle, right on the corner, waiting to fire. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I think I think Maxi, in many ways, saved their season. Um, and, you know, I would, I would venture to say, even in some ways, maybe it saved their franchise um, for you know, the, the next couple of years. Because right. if not for him, maybe you don't trade for James Harden. Maybe James Harden says, uh, "There's nothing in Philly for me to go play with. I'm going to stay where I am." And then maybe you're just stuck with with, with where, you, where you are. Right. Uh, I, I truly believe that Maxie's play is real. Everything he's done suggests that it, that it's real. Um, his shooting was incredible last season, yeah. um, and you know if he's putting in the work and he's getting stronger, there's no reason to believe that's a flash in the pan. He's a young guy; he took a massive jump, and his work ethic is is, is something that people rave about. Right. Um, and you know, I think the one thing he has to do to really blossom into a star level player is work on his playmaking. Um, he makes a lot of the easy passes; doesn't always see the pass ahead or you know, the pass on the weak side of the court. Right. Uh, and, you know, Eddie Young has to work on getting stronger, finishing through contact, um, and, 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 you know, maybe boosting that athleticism. Right? When, from what we saw last year, he was still, like, his, his, his ability to finish through traffic and be crafty right. was so desperately lacking for years that it looked like it was, like, incredible and, you know, it, 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 and, it, it, and in some respects, it was kind of a rare for the Sixers. Um, right. But he can still get better at it. You know, there's still ways for him to get better at finishing through contact. Um, and, you know, he, and, and going right into the chest of defenders more consistently, drawing fouls. Um, the more vertical athleticism he can add, the better he's going to be at, right. um, at, at getting to the line. I think if he can improve that playmaking and really um, – Add that strength and that and that explosion to, right. to get us to the rim. That's a guy that's a very well-rounded offensive player, and there's no reason to believe he can't be a perennial all-star. Definitely, Joe Embiid put up an MVP-worthy season last year, um, average career highs in every category. But it fell short to Jokic. Um, a lot of people feel he deserved it, but you know how the votes go. Um, think about Joe Embiid and his impact on the franchise. I mean, he is a, he is a franchise. And they're building around him. Hopefully, um, Harden can be healthy, or they give him some rest off back to back, so he's healthy to make a 
healthy run during the playoffs of NB because NB's time, his window, it's not short, but can't waste his prime years. Yeah, I, you know, that's a great point. Um, it's crazy, like, how fast his, his career has gone. Like, if you look just yesterday, he was entering the league in this. Part of that is, yeah. part of that is like, he missed the first year of his career, and then he came into the league as a 20, you know, whatever year old, and then right. played only 31 games that season, and then, you know, dealt with, it, dealt with injuries for, you know, basically every season since then. Um and he was really healthy this year uh, for the, most, the first time in his career until he got hit in the face again in, in the end of the first round. Um, but I, I do think that he has a chance to extend his prime or maybe his star window um, be, because of the, the growth of his mid-range shot. His mid-range yeah. shot for the last few years has been unbelievable. Like he was always a, he was a, a he was a credible mid-range shooter uh, before the last two years. And then after they lost in the bubble, and he really learned how to create for himself and attack off the dribble and, 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 and up that, that the mid-range shooting percentage, you know, into the upper, you know, the middle 40s, upper, upper 40s, he's really become an unstoppable force as a jump shooter. And even, with, even if his lower body goes and his athleticism goes, he's going to be able to maintain that offensive prowess just by being a credible jump shooter. So I think he has a chance to extend his, extend his window of being a star for a couple of years. Right. Um, and, you know, I, he, didn't, he just needs help. He needs, you know, guys that are consistently going to be, you know, be his Robin. Um, and sometimes that, sometimes it's going to mean, you know, I need you to, I, I need you to take the ball and set a pick for me and then just be there at the rim when I feed you. And, you know, you need someone to just lead him to the rim because he can't, he can't just power through contact all all, all game long. Um, and when the when when the, the game hangs the balance, teams are going to throw doubles at him and you know attack a little more aggressively on defense. He can't just power through that um, all, all all game. You're going to need right. someone to help carry the load with you, so that way you're not you know exhausted. But you're also going to need somebody to help set you up when the game's in crunch time and the shots aren't as easy. Right. Um, the Sixers G League team has brought a couple players, a few players up to help the team here and there has made has made immediate impact. Example: Charlie Brown Jr. I mean, you got Paul Reed, Shake Milton. Um, the G League, how important is it? Do you think it is to the NBA overall? Because it, I think it's very crucial because you have injuries players maybe out for other reasons, you can pull those guys up and help the depth chart. So I, I think it's important for other reasons. Like, like I think the argument you're making, you're making slides more with minor league baseball because there's more of a culture of this guy's injured and we're going to pull this guy up. Um, it, 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 the minor, the triple A teams in baseball is often an extension of your major league team. Right. In, in basketball, what, what, the G, what the G League does is if you're good at developing guys, right. it allows you to build a, a bunch of inexpensive depth, which means that you can plug in your stars and you can add stars and pay guys as they come due, but you have a pipeline of young guys who right. are making little money who can really surround those stars and make the game easier. Game right. not so easy when you when you have three or four guys that are really good and the rest of your team is is not very good because you 
don't have any homegrown talent or depth. Teams like the Heat are very good at fostering um, and, and farming um, inexpensive depth. Look at Duncan Robertson. Look at Max Struess. Um, yes. <laughs> the Raptors are Raptors built Fred Van Vliet. Um, you know, those are those are all staples of their of their of those respective teams. Right. And you know, when, when teams are balanced and they're able to still go out and add stars and big big money pieces, it's because they have depth in their ace through tenth or twelfth man that they built themselves in their farm system dealing level. So it's very important. Um, it, now it doesn't mean you're going to find a bunch of diamonds, but you have to take that seriously because you have a chance to really find some guys that were undervalued in the draft process. Right. Um, Doc Rivers came over with high expectations, and the expectation is still high. Um, he was ready to come back. Um, he's been dealt a hand that's been iffy since he's been there. Um, what do you think about Doc Rivers' job so far and the way the team reacted to him? Do you see any, do, do, do you see any response to him? So I, I think in general, coaches are always the first to get blamed for everything. Um, right. And that, that's just the easiest person to, to point fingers at when a team underperforms. And, right. and fans don't have to acknowledge that a player didn't play well or that a player wasn't as good as they thought they were. Um, you know, I, I think Doc has done a really good job of leading uh, this team back from, you know, the, 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 the just incredible disappointment that was the bubble year. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, after that with the Ben Simmons trade request, um, you know, he, he kept that locker room together, and he's really developed uh, Tyrese Mackey as the guy that he is. And Joel, he's made better. And, you know, fans are going to have their rights, and it's fair to say, like, you know, he doesn't prioritize young guys and that cost. Right. That's fair. That's fair in some regard. But I think, by and large, he's done more good than bad. I mean, people want the offense. You know, people want when coach is going to reinvent the wheel. No right. one's reinventing the wheel. Um, Steve Kerr and the Warriors don't reinvent the wheel. They they run high pick and rolls and spread and spread the floor and then let Steph make decisions out of that. And then they run all different off ball actions. You're not reinventing the wheel um, in basketball. The, maybe eras and the style of play changes, but you're not reinventing right. the offense and, and coming up with these incredibly um, intelligent X's and O's plays that no one else has. Everyone has a base set of plays that they run to match right. them. Um, and you know, I, I think by and large, Doc has done a very fine job. Definitely. You mentioned the Warriors. It does help having some of the greatest shooters ever on the same team. So, so yeah. that's, a big, that's a big plus. Sure. Um, what do you What do you think about the Sixers? Well, the Sixers thinking about building a new stadium downtown in Philadelphia. Those who have been down there know um, about the Fashion District and the way parking is now down there. It's very. I think it's more congested down there than it is. Where Wells Fargo is now, I think I think it'd be easier to keep it where it is. But we all know business is business. But parking down there, and we Sixers have some games back to back. Sometimes the G League play the same day in the same stadium, and college games if they move everything there, I think it'd be a big. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Traffic jam and everything else. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, I think it's. I think it's definitely interesting to see how that's going to unfold. Um, right. I, I I have, you know, my my doubts. Uh, I guess, you know, it it, it it's first and foremost is very necessary that it's uh, public funded. Right. It, it, 
private, privately funded. There's no there's no reason for the, the taxpayer dollars to be funding a, a stadium being built, you know, in the middle of, of Center City. Um, right. Kudos to ownership for, for for making it privately funded. Um, I think it's a massive undertaking, and I think there are downsides to building an arena where, you know, regardless of where you put it, um, people are people are going to be, you know, disrupted in some way. Um, right. It should help the economy. Um, there there will be, uh, I'm guessing, tax breaks because of it uh, right. for, for, you know, billionaire owners who are putting forth that in the nearby uh community. Um, you know, and I also think that the crime stuff is something that has to be addressed in the next 10 years. Now, you know, I, I don't know what, again, this is 10 years out, so we don't really know right. what that's going to look like. Right. But, I, you know, the reality is that you, you do have to wonder if, if, if the crime in, 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 in the city right now uh, yeah. be an impediment on the progression of this project. Definitely. That's definitely a good point. And as we see, we've done, we remodeled the fashion district anyway, so if it, I don't know, but we'll see. It's, it's a ways off, but got to talk about those subjects, though. Austin, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure speaking with you, man. Thank you so much. No problem, John. Thanks for having me. No problem. Good rest of your day. You too. It's Dallas for the 76th of Austin Crowell. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.